This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. We're looking forward to getting Rory out for his first winter adventures. We're super excited that we recently got Ella's wool to keep him warm this winter. The merino wool is super warm, moisture wicking, and I feel really confident that he's going to be super warm and dry this winter on all of our adventures. If you want to try out Ella's wool, you can use the code HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE2020 to get 10% off your order. That's HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE2020. You can go over to ellaswool.com to look for their super cute outfits. They have onesies, they have tubes, they have hats, they have all the wool products you need to keep your baby warm. Check them out. With all the time we spend outside camping, hiking, and on the trails, and really just being one with nature, I'd spend a lot of time thinking about the impact we have on our earth. And anytime I can do something to improve the impact on the earth, it's definitely a win-win. Since Rory was born, I've been playing around with the idea of doing cloth diapers, but I've been hesitant to enter that journey because it does seem like it's a little bit more work and a mess. But the next best thing is getting eco-friendly, disposable diapers that are compostable. I have been trying Nest Baby Diapers, and I highly recommend using them because they're plant-based, they're free of chemicals, and overall, I just have had a really good experience with their absorbency also. And they're super, super soft. I mean, honestly, I felt like this was a cotton ball. So if you want to try out Nest Diapers, you can go to nestdiapers.com and you can use the code HIKING20, that's HIKING20, to save 20% off your first purchase at nestdiapers.com. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. If you'd like to support Hiking Through Life, you can go to hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. We have t-shirts, water bottles, and we recently added stickers to the shop. Use the code podcast at checkout and receive 10% off your first order. There are other ways you can support this podcast as well. You can check those out at hikingthroughlife.net slash support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list. You can do that by heading over to hikingthroughlife.net. Enter your email address and click subscribe. There's no commitment. You can unsubscribe at any time. As part of our email list, you'll receive our monthly newsletter. We'll also be sending out any promotional codes for Hiking Through Life gear. It's an excellent way to follow Hiking Through Life's journey. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode.
Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today we are joined by Annika Mang. She is an adventurous mama of two. She and her family live in Calgary, Canada and enjoy the t- their time outdoors in the Canadian Rockies. From snowboarding to cross-country skiing to climbing and backpacking, there's no adventure stopping the family. Annika is extremely passionate about supporting families' adventures outdoors. She wrote a hiking guidebook for families that was recently released. She runs a Facebook group supporting families outdoors and writes a blog full of valuable information for outdoor families. Welcome to the podcast, Annika. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I should add, I live in Regina, Saskatchewan now, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, because I used to live in Calgary, and then we moved to Regina, Saskatchewan, which is a fun one to say. It is Saskatchewan. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So before we started this podcast, we were kind of talking about your background in education and how you grew up with an outdoor background. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, like I, I mean, my parents took me camping myself when I was only six weeks old. So I was the third baby that kind of just came along. Um, So we started going outside as a very young age. Um, And then that passion kind of went with me and which is why I did, I did physical education and education at school. And because I really wanted to um, help get kids outside. I wanted to help them stay active, whether it was in the class or outside. Um, So it's kind of always been a big passion and kind of led to the creation of Born to be Adventurous. So when you say you had like a passion to get kids outside and teach them, like, is the outside a big aspect of schooling in Canada already? Um, I'd say there's a bigger push now since COVID, but I'd say that it's something that um, people are moving towards and something that was always just what I thought would be very helpful for kids is it helps their learning being outside nature I mean it's been proven to enhance brain activity being active enhances brain activity my husband actually is a researcher at the University of Regina and he studies this stuff and just how powerful getting outside is and being active um, for overall brain health and then obviously it's fun to to make it fun Right. Yeah. It's so beneficial in so many ways. And exactly like you said, with COVID, there's just been such a big push for it. I know lots of schools have gone outside and I feel for the schools that are just virtual and kids are just stuck at home all day. I can't even imagine that right now. Oh, I know. It'd be awful. Just staring at a screen all day. Yeah. Right. So you kind of just grew up with this love for the outdoors and was that the same for your husband as well yeah like he grew up he started cross-country skiing when he was about five years old and just has always kind of been outside I should say that like while we went out camping when we were both younger and we got outside a lot we also were really big into sports so he played soccer he doesn't really play it anymore, but, and I played rugby actually at a pretty high level. Um, and then once that was kind of done, I mean, we were already together then and we just kind of took it outside more and more that we had time. So we started climbing, we started hiking. Well, I snowboard. I love, we both snowboard. We love it. Cross-country skiing. We're kind of not, you know, how some people are really sport specific, like outside, like they have one thing they like to do, like they just hike or they just kayak or they just we kind of like to do it all, which is good. And it's also can be a problem sometimes. <laughs> right. Like you just like keep diving into new hobbies that you can do. And then there's more gear to buy. 
Exactly. We kind of have to tone ourselves down sometimes. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, just like looking at your blog, it's like you have a a post about almost every outdoor hobby someone can think of. (laughs) I know. We're kind of, it's kind of a problem that we we think we have. (laughs) So do your girls enjoy every outdoor hobby that you've introduced them to or are there some that they're not passionate about our girls are pretty adaptable like they just go I'm also the belief as a parent like I don't do what like I will if my kids really want to do something we will go and do it but I don't I don't if I say this right I don't not do it because they might say they don't like it because I think that kids and this is as a teacher too like kids don't know what they like or not. They're too young to know. So you need to take them and force them out. Obviously have fun while you do it. Um, but they don't know. And our kids, like now they've asked me to go cross-country skiing. They asked to go snowboarding. They want to go climbing. You know, and I think it's us taking them anyways, even if they wanted to sit at home and do nothing. That being said, we don't like if we're out cross-country skiing and they only want to ski for 10 seconds and then have like a hot chocolate or break or something then we will do that especially when they were little now we might make them go an extra you know kilometer and then we'll stop and hang out and build snow forts or whatever but but just making those experiences fun and not always listening to your kids if they like it or they don't like it right I mean I think that's such a good point because I think as adults too we can be hesitant to try a new activity because we don't know what could happen in that activity. We've never done it. There's lots of questions about it. And especially with kids, like you do, it's our job as adults to kind of push them beyond their boundaries to do that. Exactly. And not pushing them so that they're scared or so that they're, you know, like climbing our kids would literally at the beginning, just go a foot off the ground and then they'd be done. And then we would just climb and they would play in the forest and now they, like, sometimes I have to ask my daughter, hey, like, can I have a turn? <laughs> because she wants to keep going up and down, up and down, up and down, which is so great, you know, and I love that. But it's starting them small and introducing it and doing little bits at a time. And I feel like most kids kind of start to enjoy it. I can't right. say that for every kid because I, I know it can be hard. Yeah. I mean, so is there a favorite outdoor activity that you like to do the most out of everything you guys do? Um, I really love snowboarding. It's hard for us to go a lot right now, but I love snowboarding. Um, and I really like climbing. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy the hiking and stuff, but I'm kind of, oh, and mountain biking. (laughs) I'm getting it's a lot, but I just started learning how to mountain bike. I don't have a proper mountain bike, but I love it. I'm kind of a thrill person. Like I really like, I don't know, doing really more extreme kind of stuff, but I, I tone it down a lot now because I don't, I don't want to get injured. I'm a little bit more scared now, but, but I, I like that feeling of going over a jump or <laughs> things like that. Yeah. That's something that I definitely would love to try more of mountain biking. Um, I've attempted snowboarding, but I think I'm a little apprehensive to do that anymore because I think I tried it like many years ago and I fell and like, twisted my ankle and just got so discouraged but I do ski yeah oh cool. yeah what age did your girls start snowboarding at um I think they were one and three at the time and by one and three like one year old we were pulling her with a little rope and she maybe went down kind of a really low incline um nice and easy just straight down but 
yeah, they've progressed really well. They're five and seven now. Our seven-year-old is carving really well and even went over some like boxes last year. And she just, they're super excited to go again this year. We're going this week actually. And then our five-year-old, she is doing, she's board sliding really well so she can go down and she can sometimes connect a turn, but she'll be working on doing her carving this year. So it's exciting. <laughs> They're so little, but I, it's really fun to go with them now. It's so, it's kind of exciting as a parent when you get to that stage. Right. Like you don't have to like have them on like a, a rope now and guide them down the hill. I am always so just like curious about families that I see on the hill with like one-year-olds. I just like wonder what's going through the parents' mind, what's going through the kids' mind when they're going down this giant hill. And like for you guys, you guys have mountains. Like we just have like hills more so in Minnesota. <laughs> you guys have like legit mountains there. Well, a one-year-old wouldn't go down from the top of it. They, you'd probably walk up a little bit and then let them go down. <laughs> so you wouldn't, because they're still so little. Um, Two-year-olds may be a bit different if you have them on a rope, but yeah, I, I always wonder too what's going through their mind. I think for me, like when I say getting kids started at one and two, it's, you know, the photo op opportunities are what it's kind of about. It's just exciting to share what you love with your kids. Like there's something that feels so exciting about that. Right, right. And that's like something so cool that I'm learning about just being a new parent is like getting outside and taking my baby just for like little hikes is exciting in itself because it's something like I love and I'm already sharing that with this baby at two months old. Exactly. I know. It's just a nice kind of, it's like a nice way to bond in a way because you're sharing what you love with the, the new human that you're now in charge of. Right. Right. Exactly. So you have all these passions of the outdoors. So what was it that made you want to write a book specifically about like hiking in the Canadian Rockies? Yeah, I think like initially, so I started it a while ago, about five or six years ago. Um, I just didn't find there was a ton of information out there and I wanted to reach and connect with other families to help them realize that it is possible. And here's a resource that is readily available that you guys can go and use um, to inspire and empower them to get outside. And so I started working on it with my kids and five years later, <laughs> I published it. So, so yeah, so it was, it was just something that like one it was to help other families. And then also too, as the years went by, it became this thing of, you know, whether no one buys it, it doesn't even matter anymore because this is something that like I worked on with my family and I'm just so excited to just have it in my own hand as something that I accomplished for myself. And so it started as like this idea to help it inspire other families to get out and find trails. And then eventually it became this thing of, it doesn't even matter if nobody buys it. It's for me now, you know, and I'm just, I feel so proud of myself to have followed through to finish something like this. Right. Because you said like, I mean, this is something that you started five years ago. So that's like, you said your oldest is five or your youngest is five years old. Yeah. Okay. So it was started like as she was being born. So, I mean, yeah, that takes a lot of willpower to stick to this. And like, what was the process of doing it? Were the hikes, did you like do the hikes in order with your family as you were kind of taking notes for the guidebook? We would just go do a hike and I would try to take notes while we were doing it and pictures and kind of, I had my GPS watch on to make sure I gathered all the information that I needed to. 
Um, and then usually after the hike, I try to consolidate all my notes so that it made sense because it, it's actually really hard to do with your family along. It's a lot easier when you go without them. But And then some of the hikes we did multiple times. So we'd go and do more and more. So they became so familiar to me. I would take pictures of things along the way. So whether it was like a sign or something to remind me, oh yeah, this is where we turned right or this is where we turned left. It's about, I'd sometimes take a picture of my GPS watch because it's really hard when you're chasing your three-year-old down and you're trying to gather information. Yeah, I can only imagine. And like when you're hiking with kids, there's going to be things that come up and maybe you need to end your hike after a mile in. Exactly. And I think that's why it took me so long. And some of them, even after I went and did, because the nice thing about them is they're short hikes, like they're not very long. So you can do a lot of them in a day. Like you could probably do five of them in a day as an adult (laughs) quickly. Like it would be a lot of kilometers or miles, but you technically could. So there was a bunch that later on I went and did again after just to make sure I had the correct information I did for the book. Okay. So when you say they're like all fairly short hikes, like what's the longest one that's in your book? Let's see. <laughs> I'm like trying to think. Um, Ptarmigan Cirque would probably be one. And that one is about five kilometers. So there might be up to seven kilometers. I'm trying to think the miles. I have them in miles here too, but. I think it's like generally like putting it in half, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So maybe about three miles. Yeah. Okay. Three, four miles. Yeah. Which is like pretty decent when you're going with young kids. Yeah. Yeah. So there's those ones would be considered challenging in the book. And then there was easy, moderate hikes. Some of the easy ones are literally you go out and you walk, you know, 30 meters and there's a lookout there, or maybe there's a really great place to explore. So you look at the lookout, but then there's this beautiful area where you can throw rocks into a river that kind of stuff. So, okay. And so like when you said there wasn't a lot of information about these types of hikes in that area, when you guys were looking for places to take the family, how did you even go about finding these areas? Were you using like all trails app? Yeah. So there's somewhat all trails, but I'd say like on the Alberta parks, there's able to find it. You can Google it too. Like if you're very Um, you look at other people's websites and you see, okay, this person said this hike was a lot of times it's a lame hike. (laughs) They don't like it as much because it's short and not as good, you know, but that makes families really discouraged. So you add that one to the list, that kind of stuff. And you ask around, I have a friend that works with Alberta parks. And so she was able to give me lots of advice on where to go. And so all that was so helpful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like looking at the reviews, (laughs) like if people say they're lame, like I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. Like families do need to look more at lame hikes, I suppose for. And I hate that. Yeah. That's what I didn't want in my book. I wanted it to be like, this is amazing. These are the hikes are so beautiful. They're so awesome because I've talked with families and they're saying, yeah, I just look for the hikes that people don't like. And that makes me so sad because I'm like, that's, what we tell ourselves we have to we have kids and now you have to hike the lame hikes I think that seems so uninspiring (laughs) right right so I mean have has there been like a super good response from your book like are families now looking at those hikes differently totally and we even have so I have some mama's groups so they're Facebook groups I have a general discussion group and then there's about five other ones in western Canada more localized 
And anyways, in the general group, we discussed it and, you know, we were talking about different ways to just talk about hikes. Um, and one thing was to talk about it in terms of adventures, but adventures that kids have. So, you know, maybe this hike has an adventure where, you know, there's a great place to throw rocks and maybe it has interpretive signs because kids love interpretive signs. Or maybe it has a waterfall, like little things that make it exciting for kids to go on a hike. It's very different than what it makes it exciting for an adult. Kids love bridges and boardwalks, <laughs> you know? So if you know that there's a bridge there or say there's six bridges, like one of the hikes in the book, it's like kids get excited and they want to go check out the next bridge on the hike. So it becomes this exciting adventure. Whereas in some of the other, you know, books, they wouldn't necessarily say that hike is just as exciting as kids think it is. Right, right, exactly. And I mean, so do you like write your book in a way that kind of prepares families to get that to get excited about all of those aspects? Yeah, well, I, I think so. Each hike kind of has a really brief intro at the beginning to kind of say like, this is why you need to hike the hike. So it kind of has a, high, a quick highlight. Um, and then it has everything laid out really easily, including whatever the highlights are. So it might include might be an interpretive trail. It might have, uh, you know, beautiful mountain views. It might have bridges. So all that kind of stuff. There's an insider tip for families to kind of give them an idea of what might help them when they're there, whether there's a campground nearby or, you know, maybe you should pack your bathing suits and swimsuits because there's a beach right there. Then it shares how to get there, um, the trailhead, how to find it, because some of the trailheads can be actually quite difficult to find. And then a little bit of trail experience, so sharing what the trail is going to look like um, while you're hiking it. And then at the end, one feature that parents really love is the nearby attractions. So the nearby attractions kind of say if there's ice cream in the area or maybe there's an interpretive center or somewhere to go that's really cool that you don't want to miss and you might miss it if you're not familiar with the area. Right. Like the hot local spots almost. Exactly. Yeah. Or like a really great place like nestled into the Rockies. It's really hard to find, but they have an amazing afternoon tea. Oh my gosh. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's a great place too. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I've only been to Jasper National Park. So definitely like checking out all of these areas is something on my bucket list. Do you have a favorite hike that you have in that book that you would like total like if families only had time to do one hike in that area where would you tell them to go I'd say if your kids are up for a little bit of a challenge um or you can baby wear them for part of the time is Ptarmigan Cirque it's such a beautiful hike and it's really easy to like it's relatively easy there's switchbacks up but once you get up that first little challenging part it opens up to a beautiful cirque with very sensitive flowers it's beautiful views and it just goes around you can hike up to a little waterfall if you want or just head back down Um, but that area it's really beautiful it gets you up really high really easily awesome and do you highlight any like camping areas in this book or is it specific hiking it's specific to hiking I do mention certain like if a hike starts from a campground so people can know if there's you know, a hike they can do while they're camping and not have to go anywhere. Sometimes that's nice to know. Um, But then I cover things like, you know, animal safety, and I provide hiking games for kids on the trails and what to pack, how to um, prepare 
kind of um, tick safety because ticks um, in Alberta carry Lyme disease. And so be aware of the seasons they're present. Just all those little things that not meant to scare families away, but just to give them and empower them so they feel like they can go there safely. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because ticks are not an issue everywhere. We have that issue here in Minnesota. Like in Alberta, they carry Lyme disease. And then in Saskatchewan, most of them don't, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess you don't need to worry about them as much then. (laughs) They're still annoying, but not as bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Got to do like the tick checks before you get in the tent or before you get in your car, any of that. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys spray your clothes with permethrin or anything? We haven't actually done permethrin, but we are looking into it more now because we actually hadn't found them that bad in Alberta, but we find we get a lot more on us in Saskatchewan, um, especially during May, June. And so usually what we would do is use DEET on our clothes, but I know that's not very good for a lot of clothes is DEET and it's not very good for kids either. Um, So we're going to look in permethrin. Um, Another one we really like to use that is safe for kids, um, P-Active. That's a really good one. It keeps um, it keeps the ticks away. It's a really good one. Oh, okay. I've never heard of that one. So you guys live in Saskatchewan now. What was the reason for the move? Um, my husband got a job at the university. So we moved here. It was a pretty good opportunity. And he, pre-COVID, he opened up a exercise rehab facility for people with disabilities and kind of in his dream job to do something like that and combine potentially outdoor exercise with rehab um so yeah so that's kind of a little bit on hold because of covid but he's still doing the research so so you guys are both like pretty passionate about the outdoors and physical activity did he help at all with this book with the guidebook um that well he edited it a lot I had a few other people edit but he did that and then obviously a lot of the hikes and just sometimes Sometimes he'd have to manage the kids so I could write stuff down or take pictures. <laughs> it's definitely been a family effort for sure. <laughs> yeah. And taking pictures. So are you a photographer? Yeah. So I feel like I started off not being a photographer and have slowly taught myself. And I'd say now I'm yeah, a photographer and do some video stuff as well for other clients and then for myself trying to start showcasing it. The funny thing about the book, too, is I feel like there is a big showcase of the beginnings of my work to the end (laughs) and how much I've improved. So um, I'd say most of the photos are pretty nice in it. But I I noticed especially a few where I'm like, I had to choose that one because I hadn't done it in a while. But it was from the early days when I was just learning kind of how to take pictures and stuff. Right, right. Well, I guess for, for book number two, you can improve all of them. Exactly. What, what's the second book in the making? Um, I want to do a hike for families just around Saskatchewan. That's where I live now. Um, that's basically kind of the next one is hoping to do that. So just kind of moving to a new area. I have a whole bunch of hikes already. Now it's just a matter of writing them up and making them legible. <laughs> So, and then I'll do some more next summer. I'm hoping to have it published though sooner. So within the next year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, lots more hiking to do, but I mean, it's like, so for something you love so much, it's like, why not? Yeah. It's really fun. Like it's so fun to be able to go on the hike and then get all the information. Yeah. I, I love it. 
it gets me outside. It's a good combination of just instead of just sitting at the desk and writing or editing photos. Yeah. Have you always considered yourself like someone who loves planning the hikes, like planning the trips? Um, (laughs) I don't think I necessarily love it, but I think that I obsess over it, like trying to figure (laughs) out. I don't know. I think, and sometimes I have to pull myself away from it all because it's too much. Like I spend too much time on it, <laughs> but I think I'm a planner. Like I like to plan things and be organized. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you over plan a trip, then it's like, are you taking away from some of the opportunities that could otherwise be there? Yeah, that's true. Well, and I'd say that I plan in the sense where I like to, I don't want to miss out on anything So I like to know of everything that's there without missing out on it. But I don't plan in the sense where like most of our trips, we we plan like a day or two in advance. (laughs) We're pretty last minute planners. And then even on our van trip, we had an idea of where we wanted to go, but we never knew where we were going to (laughs) go. Yeah. So this van trip, let's hear about that. I mean, this is when your girls were like, one of them was two years old, right? I think they were three and five at the time. Okay. And where did this trip take you? We went from Calgary down through BC into Idaho. Um, And then I actually did a little bit of work for Ski Idaho there. Um, Not through skiing and snowboarding, but we did a bunch of biking stuff with them. And then we kind of explored a lot of Idaho and checked out a bunch of the beautiful hot springs. Um, We did... The Hiawatha Trail, which is a really great family bike trail through a bunch of tunnels. It's pretty long, but the kids could do it, which was really nice. And then we went down into City of Rocks. Do you know, have you heard of that? It's a really beautiful climbing area. It's unreal. Like it looks like alien landscape. It's phenomenal. It's so cool. And it kind of pops out of nowhere. This is in Idaho? Idaho. It's like the very bottom point of Idaho. Yeah, Google a city of rocks. It's super cool. Um, and then from there we went down into Salt Lake City and we actually kind of we actually met people, you know, we knew from Instagram, which is kind of cool. Um, and then from there we went to there's this group actually called Adventure Mamas on Instagram, and they're a wonderful group, and they were running a uh some sort of a family festival and so we visited with everybody there which is really cool and then we went to Arches National Park which is phenomenal some arches just are completely gorgeous and landscape that I've never experienced before I know everything in Utah just kind of looks mind-blowing and unreal yeah it was really cool so you were biking were your girls in like the little carriers behind you the whole time they did the chariot and then they did a chariot's like the attached stroller to the bike and then um and then we also did a tow along where they could pedal as well so I think our five-year-old probably could have biked it but yeah that was within the Idaho we did a lot of biking and then in we started doing more hiking and uh climbing in Utah okay yeah. So like were any of your bike trips ever an overnight thing or? No, they were just day trips and just kind of some of it was mountain biking. And so we take turns, my husband and I going without the kids too. And then we try to take the kids a little bit. Yeah, but not too much. We didn't do a ton of biking, I guess, just when we were in Idaho. And then we climbed in City of Rocks. Okay. 
So you had like all your gear in this van and the girls. I mean, was it hard to manage all of your, all of your stuff? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what, I can't even imagine what all that gear looked like in a van with a family of four. Yeah. Like we, we actually didn't bring our bikes. We rented bikes. So that wasn't too of an issue, but we did. I mean, we had to bring our climbing gear, but it never felt too full. Like we always just somehow managed. We had our VW van and everything fits in the spot. It was, it was nice. Yeah. Okay. And like, were the beds like a fold down the chairs and sleep type thing? Yeah, the back. So my husband and I sleep on the bottom. So in the van, the kids' seats turn into a bed and then the top roof pops up and then they sleep up there. Oh, okay. Cool. So do you guys still travel in this van? Yeah, we do. We Right now it needs to be fixed up a little bit. Um, we weren't sure we were ready to fix it up this summer um, and for COVID. So we've been sleeping in a tent lately, but I miss the van. But yeah, we still use it. We love it. It's just, it's old. Like it's a 93 van and it has its issues. So we're trying to figure out what, what our next steps are with this van. Yeah. It seems like anytime people travel in vans, there's, there's always going to be issues. It just seems endless. Yeah. Yes. The hard part too is because it's VW, it's hard to find parts and it makes it challenging if you're somewhere where they don't fix that type of van it's a little scary when they start working on on your van yeah yeah if they're not familiar with it yeah whereas something like we're looking into a Chevy one that's similar but a little a Chevy van um not as cool but it still has a pop-up so the kids can sleep up there and it looks awesome um and the nice part about that is that you go anywhere and people in us and Canada, people will know how to fix your Chevy vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little more promising then. I'm always super curious about those, um, tents that like go on top of cars. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, we've been, we've thought about getting one and we like love the idea. We have friends that have one and they sleep their whole family in it. They're pretty sweet. I like the, I love being separate from the kids. Like I love the kids that they're able to sleep up top and my husband and I sleep below. It's kind of, it's fun and it's a little romantic. And <laughs> Right, right. Gives you your own space, especially as the kids are a little older now. Yeah, totally. It's just nice. And we would always put them to bed still in a reasonable time around eight o'clock, usually, unless we were doing something else. And then we'd have the rest of the evening just together to hang out in the bottom of the van, which was nice. Yeah, that is. I mean, was, so was there any challenges with just like traveling with young kids that arise that you didn't imagine would happen? Um, I don't think so. It was like actually went better than I thought it would. <laughs> I know it, I, I feel like I should say like oh it was hard or it was this but it it actually was pretty good like we don't let the kids watch any tv while we're driving either and they just kind of for the most part play and hang out and yeah it was just really nice I mean you always have challenges because you have kids kids can you know they can be challenging yeah <laughs> it's gonna like challenges will arise anywhere you are yeah well, whether we're at home or in the van it was just I mean it was it's pretty ideal like when you don't have to work or do anything and you're just hanging out like it makes it almost easier right right and in a van it's like kind of nice because like you guys were limited about like all the all the things you could bring in a van of course yeah so it's like your girls had to kind of get creative in their own way I'm sure to exactly. keep themselves and entertained 
They played a lot outside. Like we were outside most of the time. I have to say like there were definitely a few times where I was like, I'm going for a run or I got to go get away from here. So I did need my space from people. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone needs that. Totally. But it was good. Like overall, I think we look back on that as like this ideal time in life that was so idyllic that it was like, it was almost magical. Like even for my husband and I, we were, we're 10 years married now, but then it was eight years and we didn't even realize how much we needed to connect and having that time together just to connect without any outside influence or anything. It just was so good for us too. Yes. Yes. There's a family that I had on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. They did a documentary called the far green country. It's on Amazon prime, but that was like kind of their whole deal. They like went out on this big road trip with their with their toddler because they realized like they hadn't just connected as a family in so long. They had to get out away from the rush of everyday living and just like get out and connect with one another. Yeah, I think it's sometimes we need that. And sometimes we need that physical distance from real life, you know, to get it, to get connected. So Right. We get so caught up in the, in the day to day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, and you said you were able to do this because your husband was in between switching jobs. Yeah. He was in between switching jobs and we just decided he would, he asked if he could start his job later and end his other job sooner. And so we kind of just made it happen. We always try to find creative ways to go on trips and travel together. The beauty of his job now is he can do a year sabbatical in a couple of years. (laughs) So we always look to kind of see like, how can we keep it going, you know, but also we like to be a little practical too and make sure we're secure when we're we're older with our kids and stuff. We don't need to totally be, actually, I don't need to totally be, but I think my husband needs it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because like you said, you're kind of like finding balance between like your creative blogging and book writing along with substitute teaching. Do you hope that your blogging can turn into something full-time? Definitely. And I, I'm definitely on my way there, which is really, really cool. Right now, it's I had put the kids in full-time school and daycare, but they're home so much now and that it's been really hard to find the time to fully dedicate that I need to to do it. And so it's kind of just being okay in the moment of where I'm at and where I'm at right now is getting me there, but just a little bit slower than I would like, but, but it's been really good. I, I feel like I'm starting to make it more my full, my full-time gig kind of thing. Yeah. Cause you started the whole blog thing. Was it in 2012? 2013. No, 2015. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 2015 and it was very much not you know, plan to try to make money off of it or anything. And that's the other thing is when you don't plan to make money off of things, then you have to make changes to figure out how you are going to <laughs> try to make a little bit of money. But people have been so supportive. And I'll even, you know, we don't make a lot of money off of, you know, the little affiliates or things, but people will reach out and say, hey, like, I just want you to know I bought this off your site through your link. You know, I hope that helps. And it's just really nice because it is helpful, even if it's, you know, goes towards our family pizza night or whatever. (laughs) Well, right. And like, just like all the effort that it does take to get a blog going, like I'm slowly starting to like, we have like a hiking through life blog, which is kind of tied into this podcast. But then like, I recently started this whole separate, like parenting side of it. 
And like, there's a lot of time that goes into blogging. Like I'm learning all of that too. And like, yeah, like you said, like, it's just, it's kind of cool to know, like people are out there and supporting you. It is. It is so nice. And it, it means like a lot too, because it, it does take a lot of time. It's worth it though. Like the number of families that I have that reach out and say, thank you for things. It just makes it, there's been a few times where I've planned to quit <laughs> and then I'll have someone reach out or a few people. And it just like, I'm like, no, this is why I'm doing this. And I'm at a point now where I'll definitely be keeping going at this. I feel like I've, you know, solidified a platform um, and a really amazing community that's so supportive. So it's making it possible to keep going. So I, I feel lucky and I feel happy that I kept going. <laughs> right, right. Sometimes it's just those small things. And I mean, you have like a lot of people in the Facebook group. Would you say most of them are from Canada or are they kind of worldwide? I'd say a lot of them are from Canada, but there's definitely like some people from the States. And I think even a few, maybe from England, um, but I'd say most of them are from Canada. Cool. I know I just joined it today or maybe yesterday it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's super awesome. I mean, and like that there's, and you said there's other smaller groups that you have on there too, that are more specific to specific areas in Canada. Yeah, so there's a Saskatchewan group, there's a Calgary group, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Fraser Valley. So those are more area specific. And some of them, usually it depends on the women who wants to start it on how they decide to run it. I work with them, but they'll run meetups. Sometimes it's just a matter of community and having a place to share ideas of where to go and how to get out. Because people like that area specific knowledge. It's beneficial it really helps when you know you know where can I take my two-year-old or where's a good place to go for a hike with my baby or whatever right I mean yeah if the work's already been done why not share it on this platform yeah exactly and it and people appreciate it and I appreciate them it's it's nice because I get inspired by them sometimes I feel like I'm getting tired it's hard to get the kids out and for some reason, my five-year-old right now keeps saying no whenever I ask her, let's go outside. She says no now. But then as soon as she's outside, she loves it. But she's saying no to everything. But seeing other people get out inspires me to get out again. So I feel like it's, you know, back and forth. That inspiration is so helpful. So yeah. And I mean, yeah, like the five-year-old phase, she's just kind of learning that she has control of her own world right now. I mean, that's kind of that that social emotional developmental stage it is and I remember like even like the bath it's time for a bath no she's like she doesn't want to go to the bath and then as soon as she's in she doesn't want to get out it's like time to get out no (laughs) yeah yeah it's just like no you're telling me what to do I'm gonna do the opposite of what you say right now yeah exactly but it's good I'm working on ways with her to actually googled it the other day like how do you deal with this just as a reminder because I'm sure I went through this with my other one but I'm trying to figure out but there are some good helpful tools and it's helping so yeah I know as a preschool teacher we often just give them like two options yeah that's what it said it was like give her two options or give her like or ask her why because maybe there's a reason why she doesn't want to and she will right after all those things so I think it's like I knew those things, but I needed the reminder because I was in a frustrated mom zone. (laughs) Right, right. Totally. Well, good for you for like realizing that and like taking a step back and using our friendly tool of Google. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. So you do, do you still do preschool or? Yes, I do. I do. So that's what I'll be going back to um, 
after my maternity leave, I teach uh, three, four, and five-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. And I think everybody should know she's had her baby with her the whole time here. She's like super mom there. Yes. Baby <laughs> is here trying to breastfeed, half breastfeeding, half just playing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And breastfeeding in a tent yeah. is possible, mothers. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> And I'm sure you have done it too, Annika. Yeah, how did it go for you? Um, it was it was cold because like I said, it was November. Um, but I brought like one of those little foldable stadium chairs and sat in that. Cause like you need back support when you're breastfeeding. Yeah, you do. I know we had a really big tent and I did. So we brought literally a camp chair inside and I sat. We had a giant tent. We could have fit a camp chair inside. I just didn't think of it. <laughs> Yeah, it was really nice, it, especially in the newborn stage, because it like when they're older, you can lie down and breastfeed with them. But when they're so little, it's really hard, especially when you're still figuring it all out to try to get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, and I had the boppy with me like that pillow was super helpful to have. Oh, yeah, I brought that pillow too. And I did. It's so nice. Yeah. And we had a pack and play with us like there was so much I looking back on it I would probably just put him in like we had also had like the kilo fly camp shade I saw that you had that on like one of your reviews of like what babies can sleep in and I laughed because you said this is really hard to fold up and it is it is so hard to fold up even when you look at the directions yeah I still can't really figure it out. I have to watch my husband do it. I always feel like I just randomly all of a sudden will get it. Like I'll be trying to get me super frustrated. And then all of a sudden I get it. I'm like, I wish I knew how because it would make it the next time easier. (laughs) Right. I'm sure there's a million people who have like recorded themselves doing it on YouTube. So I should get off this call and do that (laughs) and see if I can finally successfully close the Kilo Fly Shade. (laughs) And it's like one of those things you need to practice, but as a mom, you don't have time for that. Right. Yeah. Practicing with gear before you go out camping is a good idea. Do you still find that that's like, is practicing with gear? Do you do that with your older kids now? For example, like we always like put a tent up before we go out with it or like wear our hiking shoes before we go out on a long hike. Do you have your kids do that? No, I feel like those are all really good things, but we don't like we bought a back new backcountry tent this year and like we just took it out and just you know you pray it's all good. <laughs> it's all so bad. I think I just I'm so tired. I'm like I have no time for anything, but it is good to do that. That's a really good thing to do. So don't follow me. <laughs> so what is the the trail collective thing you have up in the works? Yeah, so it's going to be a platform that will give families useful information for trails and road trips. So to help them find basically any hike in the area, but information that is matters to families. So things like how hard is it actually going to be for a two-year-old to hike it or for a four-year-old or you know, are there any adventures along the way that you your kid might like? Like maybe there's bridges or places to throw water in, water in, places to throw rocks into water, <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. So just a way to connect and potentially even be able to connect with families. So if I'm going to Utah, maybe I look and I see, oh, this family 
with two kids similar age to mine, they hike this trail. Maybe I can reach out to them and maybe they even have other recommendations for me. So a way to bring that family community together. So, okay. So almost like all, like the Facebook groups that people use, but on, it'll be an app. Yeah. A website to start and then hopefully build into an app. So I say it's almost, if you kind of looked and you wanted, you know, an all trails plus, an adventure Expedia and you kind of mix those two together but for families (laughs) I don't know we'll see I'll let you know how it goes (laughs) it's a big project one that we're still you know waiting to to make it out get it out there we're hoping for 2021 so we'll see is there multiple people working on this with you yeah so I have two developers so a back-end developer and a front-end developer that are all working on it so um so yeah, it's been really good, really helpful. And they're amazing. Like they're so smart and super helpful. And they're very excited about the project, just like I am. Cause I feel like if we can pull it off, it'll just change adventuring for families. It'll make it so that families don't even have to guess whether they should be going out or not. It's like, oh no, if people do this, there's this platform that shows us where to go and how to get there and to do it. And there's a bunch of families also doing it. So we know it's okay. I just don't want parents to feel like, your your life's over when you have kids because I just don't think that should even be something that should cross through our heads that adventuring needs to stop you know it does change and I guess that that'll still be a feeling but you should never feel like the world is telling you that you're done you can't go anywhere anymore right I mean I know when I like learned that I was pregnant I was just kind of like oh my gosh how are we gonna like live this adventurous hiking lifestyle that we love to do so much and like I already have seen, like it has changed, but that's just kind of part of the journey. I mean, when you first had your kids, did you ever feel that way? Or were you always like, nope, we can still do this no matter what? I knew we could still do things. I knew I had to tame it down. Like after my first, it was really hard when you realize just well how tired you are and just how exhausting it is. And we did do a lot of things that were like a little bit crazy, you know, with our kids, like a backcountry trip that took us you know, where a lot of people without kids wouldn't, or we do this hike that, you know, it's got like 1300 meters elevation and three kilometers, you know, so it's like, you know, a tough trail for regular people and we do it with them, but not a lot of people are going to do that. It was hard. Like it, it it did change my life. And I I did take time to real, I'm still figuring out who I am again. It changes, like changes who you are. Well, yeah. And like the fact that you say you're still figuring out like kind of who you are it's that's just like even eye-opening for me to hear because like I was just kind of writing a blog about this just like about how like even like my second month as a parent I'm like trying to balance like just like my new my new persona in a way yeah well you lose yourself like yeah you lose who you were because that person just I mean, it still exists. You still exist in there, but you now have a whole new role that you have to do overnight and change into. Totally. So I guess it's just a never ending thing if you're still figuring it out and your youngest is five years old. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but I do like think that, you know, over the last little while, like I've really taken time. Like I, I got into climbing, I now climb and I, I, like, I feel more like, myself I almost actually feel more like who I want to be now than who I was before I had kids like it's almost like it gave me 
the ability to refigure that out and who am I really like what do I actually like to do right like it set your priorities yeah in a way I mean I've even learned like the past two months like I prioritize things so much better now yeah that I have a baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) I like I mean you're doing so well like you've already been out I think the hardest part is like making it normalized like now it's getting easier because we've been doing it for so long I think it also changes from like when you first have your first baby it's all of a sudden your life is flipped upside down but now I just can't imagine a life the other way that it's like oh this is actually my life and this is good and right right and that's like what so many parents say like oh I couldn't imagine life any other way now and I think I'm still like learning that process because it's all still new to me yeah and it can take a long time and I think it's okay to feel that way and it's okay to want to be away from your kid too (laughs) yeah going in the shower feels good (laughs) yeah exactly. or taking time like you want to you know go for a walk or run or a hike or whatever you want to do to just get away from your kids like I don't want to be with my kids all the time like I want to be away from them I love them but I I want to work now it's actually been really hard now that they have to sometimes be home because a daycare got closed because I want I love them to bits but I want to work because I love what I'm doing and I'm enjoying it and I want to do that and I think that's okay to say it doesn't mean I don't love them it just means that I am also excited about the things that I can do for me what I want to do exactly exactly and that's like so good for people to remember I think because I think sometimes people can lose themselves in parenthood like you just lose who you are but like you're proving that like who you are like you love what you're doing and you're like separating that totally and it's nice to realize that it took me a while to kind of realize I needed to do more for myself and that that would be okay I mean I still get mom guilt and I'm but I'm really trying not to have it because it is so important to take that time yeah yeah Oh my gosh. I love where this conversation is going. So many things, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it is so important to take that time. So true. I loved some of the books that you had in, um, I think it was like, your just like blog about kids books or something. We had some similar books, like you had balanced and barefoot in there. Yeah. Those are also good. And rain or shine mama is such a great, yes like book about Linda McGurk she was on this podcast oh yeah she's awesome so yeah she's really cool and she's got yeah a really good book that's just has some good evidence on getting kids outside and just that importance and raising them outside and kind of gives a different perspective on parenting you know yeah that book is really good yes yes it is so I mean is there anything else you would say to families that are hesitant to start the outdoor journey? I would just say, just go out and do it. If the first time sucks, do it again. If the second time sucks, do it again. Just keep going. Because I mean, you lead that Facebook group. What's like the number one concern that you hear from parents? I think a lot of it is just people don't know that you can do it. And so they want to know how can they do it and how to get out. And I think that's the biggest thing is join a community, find your people that also want to do it and start figuring it out together. Ask people for advice. That kind of stuff is so important just to feel like you can do it because you can. And if you feel like you can't sometimes, that's okay too. Like don't 
compare yourself to other people <laughs> because that's hard too. I think people sometimes look at us and say, wow, that was so easy. Well, no, like sometimes we had to push through like, you know, our first hike with our baby, she like had five blowouts on it. It was awful. And I just remember thinking, how is this what every hike's going to be like? Like this was crazy. It was a hour and a half hike. It took us six hours, you know? So everyone's going to have their hard time. And if you want to go, just try and get out and do it. And it's sometimes going to be amazing. And sometimes it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. It, it like, I like that you're just emphasizing that it's not always going to be glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think it's, it's just like, like for me, it was not an option to stay inside. Like my mental health just would not have done well because for me being outside and that open air, a baby, their cry is way quieter outside than it is when it's bouncing off walls. And so for my own personal sanity and mental health, like I had to go outside. So that was why it was so important to me. And so if you're like me, then you don't have an option. Like you need to get outside and enjoy that fresh air. Yeah, totally. You know, I just think like the fresh air, like just kind of stops babies from crying too. Totally. I, yeah, exactly. My kids sleep better outside. Well, I mean, Linda McGurk in her book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, she writes about how they let their babies just sleep in strollers in Sweden, like outside yeah. of coffee shops. Yeah, we actually at seven months old, like when, when my daughter was seven months old, my oldest, we lived in Copenhagen for three months. And like, yeah, they just like let their baby sleep outside, similar to what she said in her book. And I remember one time letting my daughter, I was in a coffee shop and she was outside. I could see it, the stroller. And I was just like stressed out the whole time. I would be too. Oh my gosh. So you lived there for a few months? Yeah, for three months. Um, Cam did some work, over, like some schooling over there. And so we all went and just kind of hung around and in Europe and did a bit of backpacking there, which was really awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Super cool opportunity. Yeah. We, we like to capitalize, find ways to do it in our everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's like, why live for your retirement when you can just like live how you want to live right now? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. That's so true. I don't want to wait until I'm really old and try to enjoy life then. I want to enjoy life all the Exactly. Exactly. And I think like more and more people are starting to live that way, but it, it takes a mindset shift for sure. Totally. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is Rory. Aww. Baby Rory. Oh, he's so awesome. He's Holy like so a really cute. good baby. We're very lucky. Oh, that's so good. We're very, very lucky. He only cries when he's hungry, basically. Otherwise he's just really chill. That's so awesome. My first cried a lot, uh, which was really hard, but my second like never cried. But then she became like a really challenging three-year-old. <laughs> I feel like three's, three is a hard age. Yeah. And now my oldest who cried a lot as a baby, I'd say she's like pretty easy kid. She kind of, she just loves life, loves school, loves birds, loves everything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, kids are just kind of ever changing. Oh yeah. I know I'm waiting for like the next phase, see what happens. <laughs> right. Someone else in another podcast told, they gave me great advice on parenting the other day. They were like, you're not raising an infant. You're not raising a five-year-old. You're not raising a 10-year-old. You're raising an adult. 
just remember you're raising someone to be an adult at the end of the day. So each of these phases is just a phase. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was like really awesome advice and like, it's so simple, but I think it's good to like remind ourselves of, because when you're in the moment of a phase, it's like, it feels like it could be never ending. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So true. Cause you do feel that way so many times I mean like hey like when is can't wait for them to be older but you always want to enjoy the moment but sometimes I remember someone saying it's okay like not to enjoy every moment (laughs) (laughs) right right yeah like people are always yeah just enjoy the moment but yeah it's true not not every moment is gonna be beautiful (laughs) yeah (laughs) as much as it's nice to say that it's not the truth yeah yeah so gosh, we've talked about a lot. Where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, so I have my website, borntheadventurous.com, and then on Instagram, borntheadventurous, um, and as well on on Facebook, borntheadventurous. <laughs> um, and it's R-O-U-S, so I don't know. Do you guys spell it differently in the States? Is it R-U-S or R-O-U-S? Yeah, it's R-O-U-S. Okay, yeah, so it's R-O-U-S. Um, and then Twitter is Born Adventurous. Um, but yeah, I'd love for you guys to connect. I have a mom's Facebook group. Uh, if you're a mom, just Born to be Adventurous Mamas. Um, join the community. That'd be great. It's for any moms across the world. So Awesome. And where can people find your book? Is that on Amazon? Um, I haven't put it up on Amazon yet. I plan to, but they also just take more money. <laughs> Amazon like is kind of like this like love hate relationship it's like oh it's like you have to do Amazon eventually but you know they also take a lot of money yeah they're the big people the big people right right (laughs) I've avoided the the, you know the man for a little while um (laughs) but you can go to um my website and at the top there's a link to my book and then it'll take you to um, where you can purchase my book. And especially if you're coming to Banff National Park or Canmore, um, it's a great resource for families with some hikes that you won't necessarily find um, if you just go to the regular websites. Perfect. Okay. And we will have all of those in our show notes as well. So people can easily find you and the book. All right. Well, thank you. This has been super fun. Thank you too. I know it's so nice to connect. We've loved doing this podcasting journey. We love bringing awesome guests on. We love seeing that people are listening. And we're really, really grateful that this is hopefully inspiring other people to get outdoors. Yeah, and as part of our mission at Hiking Through Life, we really want to help support others in continuing their journey or starting their journey into the outdoors. So as part of that, we have plans for future episodes to address some listener feedback. So if you have questions about backpacking, hiking, adventuring outdoors, let us know. Email hikingthroughlife at gmail.com and submit us your question or topic and we'll possibly address it in a future episode. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.